it's lineup decision time for your fantasy team. Who to start and who to sit? Well, this video will help you. These are the must start or sit running backs for week six. And we start in New England where Damian Harris, due to a hamstring injury, is likely to miss multiple games, at least two or three, which means that the second year player, Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma, the former fourth round pick, is a strong play this week as the Patriots RB1. He's actually a top five running back for me on the week. And besides the fact that he's just a monster, a bowling ball, a big physical force, here's why he's a good play. Well, Stevenson is going to face the dead last ranked 32nd. Yes, the Cleveland Browns run defense, which Stevenson actually played the dead last ranked run defense last week, just a week ago, and he put up 150 plus yards. And now Harris isn't going to be in for part of the game. But not only are the Browns bad at run defense, they rank 31st of 32 teams in tackling. And this is massive news. If you paid attention this season, Ramondre knows how to break tackles. He is second in the NFL with 50 evaded tackles, 10 broken tackles per game. A 62% juke rate basically means that he is elusive as it gets. It leads the NFL. So you're going to have this man out there breaking tackles against a team that can't tackle him. So he's going to pick up a lot of easy yards, those yards before contact. And with Damian Harris out last year in two career starts, he averaged 16 two fantasy points per game and 19 touches per game this is more than dalvin cook is averaging this year to put it in perspective so play stevenson but then sit this afc running back and for the second straight week i am recommending to sit Najee harris it worked out for us last week and we're hoping it does again because Najee is coming off of a career low 46 percent of the snaps now we must point this out this was a blowout the steelers were getting absolutely decimated it was the worst loss since the merger in the nfl for a pittsburgh steelers team yes it was that bad so this impacted his snaps in the fourth quarter but it's it's important you see what I uncovered. You see, Najee's snaps might have been skewed because of the blowout, but his season efficiency and production is not. He ranks 63rd. 63rd, 32 NFL teams, keep that in mind, 63rd in running back efficiency this season. And he's only seeing 16.8 opportunities per game through five games, which compared to last year when he was seeing over 23 opportunities per game is a 30% drop in opportunities. He is literally seeing 30% less usage this year. That is a major reason for concern. And now just not being productive is a reason for that. You start to lose touches, but the rookie running back behind him is forcing him to lose some touches. That would be... Jalen Warren. And not only is Jalen Warren a rookie, he's an undrafted rookie out of Oklahoma State. He's at the age of 24, but he looks good. So much so that Warren has been much better on his limited sample of like 26 touches, but he's been 13th in true yards per carry, basically top 20 when you factor in his receptions for yards per touch. And the interesting thing is that right now he has 11 broken tackles on just 26 touches. He is breaking a tackle on 42% of his touches, which is seventh in the NFL. So he's actually elusive. So not only has he been productive, he's elusive. Two things Najee is not doing this year. And it's not even just this year. His rookie season as well, he wasn't productive, but he saw over 400 opportunities. But now he's not seeing anywhere near that. And not to mention, head coach Mike Tomlin acknowledged that Jalen Warren's role has been increased and it will continue to increase. So maybe this will be a 50-50 split in just a few weeks. So you don't want to play Najee, but you want to start this running back. And that's going to be Devin Singletary, who might have let some people down last week, but it was because the game was a blowout. He got pulled and James Cook saw more usage. Because you can see this nugget that I pulled from Pro Football Focus, Singletary has played 76% of the snaps, which is borderline top five usage amongst running backs, when the game is tied or Buffalo is losing this season. So the translation is when Buffalo is blowing a team out, they pull Singletary off the field to let the rookie James Cook get more touches. But this week they play the Kansas City Chiefs, so it's unlikely to be a blowout and they might even be trailing in this one. So here's what you need to know for this game. The Bills have the highest team total on the entire week at 28.25 team implied points. It's actually risen so far a point this week. Maybe it even rises closer to 30. And now in his career, when he's seen a total similar to this one of 28 plus points, Singletary in 14 games averages 13 and a half fantasy points 
and over 17 touches per game. This is top 12 running back usage. And now one more thing that you need to know specifically about the matchup versus Kansas City. Kansas City actually allows the most receptions to running backs and we like that. Receptions for running backs are one half of the cheat codes. You have the red zone usage and then you have the targets and receptions. They allow the most this year to running backs and it's not just by like one or two. They're allowing 13 more receptions to running backs through five games than any other team in the league. This is a flaw in how they play defense. They let you check it down to the running back. And beautiful people, let me tell you why this is important. It's because right now the Buffalo Bills are throwing to Devin Singletary when he's out there pretty often. Five targets per game and he's ran the six most routes amongst running backs, which basically means he's probably going to see four or five receptions in this game. If we don't even factor in the touchdown upside or what he can do on the ground, four or five receptions alone is a reason to put him in your flex. So lock him into your lineups, but then sit this veteran RB. And that's going to be Raheem Mostard, who was actually a start for us last week, and he played really well. Over 20 fantasy points, goes over 100 total yards. He finds the end zone, and he played 70 plus percent of the snaps. He looked really good. But there are some issues here, starting with the quarterbacks. You have Teddy Bridgewater not playing. Then head coach Mike McDaniel came out and said, yeah, two is not playing this week, which means that the third string quarterback, Skylar Thompson, is going to play, which obviously isn't encouraging for the ability to move the ball, keep the drives alive, and get to the red zone, which will hurt Raheem Mostar. But that's just one half of the concerns for week six and Mostar. It's the quarterback situation. The other half is his matchup. Because the Dolphins have by far their toughest matchup of the season on the ground. The Minnesota Vikings are a very good team. They're 4-1 and one on the season, and so far they rank third in run defense. This is a complete mismatch for the Miami Dolphins offensive line. They have the fifth worst run blocking advantage, negative 39% compared to average on the season. So here's your takeaway. Mostart might be seeing strong usage, 60% or more snaps in three straight weeks, but this matchup and the poor quarterback situation makes him a sit. But this next rookie running back? Yeah, he's a must start. And that would be Kenneth Walker, who you must play. Whether he's been on your bench or you just picked him up off of waivers, he is a must start. He is a top 10 running back this week. Let's discuss. You see, Walker is the clear-cut RB1 with Penny now done for the season. He was a second-round pick, so they invested heavily in him, and he knows how to produce. Last year alone at Michigan State, when you factor in his over 1,600 rushing yards and nearly 100 receiving yards, he ended up having over 1,700 total yards, top 1% producer in college football history. So he knows how to produce, and he's actually going to get more opportunities now. But there's even more things to be excited about for his first start in Week 6. For starters, he's in a solid offense, and he gets to face the dead last-ranked total defense in the Arizona Cardinals. That's a good spot. And his team has a solid team total of 24.25 points this week, so they're projected to score three or four touchdowns. This total has actually risen by two points already, so maybe even it gets above 25. And the higher the team total, the better for all fantasy players on this team, but especially the running backs. You can probably expect Kenneth Walker to see one of these three or four touchdowns. The expectation is 15-plus touches, all of the red zone usage, and a potential score this week. You want to play him, but then sit this next RB. And that'll be the Ravens running back, J.K. Dobbins, who was a sit last week. We called him a sit. We called him a trade away after he had a 20-plus point week because he survived on two touchdowns that he did not get last week. Because it's honestly getting worse, guys. You would think after having another week removed from the ACL injury and being back to play and back to getting his legs under him in condition that he would see some more usage. But his snaps went down from 52% to 39% last week, and he was actually out-snapped by Kenyon Drake. Now, playing less than 40% of the snaps is concerning, but the fact that he did not see any two-minute drill offense snaps is a major concern. Because according to Pro Football Focus, these seven two-minute offense drill snaps, this dark blue circle, all went to the older running back in Kenyon Drake, who is not even as good of a pass catcher as Dobbins, but Dobbins wasn't out there, so they don't trust him in pass protection. Now, this obviously caps his fantasy upside because he doesn't have one half of the cheat codes, which is the pass catching usage, which leads to bigger plays in open space. So the usage isn't there, but also when he's getting the touches, he's getting the snaps, he doesn't look the same off of this ACL injury. Because in his rookie season of 2020, he was the number one efficiency running back, 5.4 yards per touch. He was fantastic. But through three games this year, he ranks 51st, not first, 51st 
worst now in efficiency amongst the running backs positions and he doesn't look that good at all so sit Dobbins try and trade him if you still can but then start this Eagles running back and it's the Eagles RB1 Miles Sanders who must be in your lineups as either an RB2 but definitely at the very least a flex play if you're enjoying this content make sure you hit that subscribe button because check this out his snap share right here has increased every single week of the year he's seeing more snaps started at 52 percent and now after week five it's 73 percent this is leading to fantastic usage he has 12 red zone touches in the last two weeks fantastic and this specific week the eagles are six point favorites which is good for a running back it means you're going to get more touches more carries especially in the second half and now in his career as a favorite in 23 games miles sanders averages 14.1 fantasy points and over 16 and a half touches per game all of this usage is borderline top 10 running back usage so this all translates to no matter what he should be in your starting lineup this week yes he's a borderline top 10 play on the week but he also has a good matchup and that matchup is against a division rival the dallas cowboys let's discuss you see the cowboys rank 25th at stopping the run and it's a bad time to be facing philadelphia who has a top 10 run blocking unit and the number five top five on the week run blocking advantage which means there's going to be a lot of easy yards for miles sanders before contact and this is what sanders has seen all season long to have a productive year so far so you want to play him but then sit this fourth year rb and that would be clyde Edwards Lair, who has now been a must sit in back-to-back weeks and he's coming off of the worst week of his season he finally didn't score a touchdown so he didn't come through for many people and on the year now he's only playing 45 percent of the kansas city Chiefs snaps which ranks 38th amongst running backs this is not good this is basically rb2 usage he's in a backfield by committee and it's technically being led by jarek McK who's played more snaps on the season and has led the backfield in snaps in four or five weeks but McKinnon isn't the only other running back being used every single week they've been using a third running back including week five where the rookie Isaiah Pacheco still saw a couple of snaps and when three running backs are being used like this it's going to limit the upside of all the backs being used including Clyde Herbert-Solaire and it doesn't help that he's facing the Buffalo Bills who allow the least yards to the running back position just 274 yards over five games so far is the least in the league so yet again expect Clyde Herbert-Solaire to play 40 to 50 percent of the snaps see somewhere around 10 touches but have a very difficult matchup in this one he's going to be a touchdown or bust player we're gonna sit him but we're going to start this second year player and if you haven't already try and go trade for him and that's the Jaguars running back Travis Etienne who has officially arrived after a career day week five Etienne ended up posting on just 13 touches by the way he sees five targets 13 touches goes over 110 total yards and puts up his best fantasy day of his career with 14.4 fantasy points and this wasn't because of a blowout if you look at the box score he actually was starting the game off seeing a lot of targets seeing a lot of touches ahead of James Robinson so this has been happening for a couple of weeks now because for four straight games his snaps have increased they ended up going from week two at just 35 percent to this past week seeing over 50 percent of the snaps and playing ahead of James Robinson and if you don't know Travis Etienne is one of the best pass catching running backs that we have had come out in the past decade and dynamic running backs he profiles out like an Alvin Kamara and now through five games this season he's seen 6.2 yards per touch which is top five in the NFL ahead of guys like Christian McCaffrey now fellas we recently got some really good news after their loss to the Texans last week Doug Peterson said it's on him he has to get Travis Etienne more touches and this is typically something you see for a rookie as the season goes on especially when the bye week gets closer the rookies get more and more and more involved and it's the perfect time for him to get more touches because now he faces the Indianapolis Colts who allow the fifth most receptions to running backs they are allowing six receptions a game to the running back position wheels up for Travis Etienne this week let's start Etienne definitely at the very least in our flex but then sit this veteran RB that would 
be Melvin Gordon, who after Javante Williams went down, you might have thought this guy is a must start every single week. But let's hold our horses. Because on Thursday night football in week five, sure, he had a solid day. 18 touches on 18 opportunities is good. Over 100 total yards is very solid. But the issue is three total running backs were involved for Denver. Denver's offense really isn't that good this year. And the second running back that was involved, Mike Boone, played 49% of the snaps and actually produced. You see, Mike Boone saw 10 touches and he was by far way more dynamic. He was getting more than two times the amount of yards per touchdown Melvin Gordon on those 10 touches, 85 yards. Expect this role to increase. And expect Latavius Murray to actually be active and see some snaps and touches this week. He was inactive last week because he ended up signing with the team right before the game. Didn't have enough time to know the playbook. So the situation here is that it's a messy backfield that could potentially become a three-headed backfield. It's already a two-headed backfield, but even a dirtier three-headed backfield soon. And they're underdogs this week. You see, they're five-point underdogs against their division rival, the Chargers. And for running backs like Melvin Gordon, when you're a five-point underdog, it means usually less red zone usage and less overall touches. This is a concern. So ideally, you have a better option this week to be starting over Melvin Gordon, and you could utilize some rankings like my fantasy cheat sheet to do that. And that fantasy cheat sheet is a one-time payment of $10 for the entire season, and you get rankings, projection, waiver wires, tiers, player notes, and a whole lot more. And now here's the biggest part. If you don't win your fantasy league, I will refund that $10 one-time payment. So this is a risk-free offer. You go ahead, you use this material, you go win your league, and if for some reason you don't, you can get your $10 back. But if you want to take advantage of this risk-free offer that thousands of people are using right now to win their leagues, click the link in the description right now to learn more. And then do not hesitate to start Aaron Jones. I'm getting a lot of questions. Shouldn't you start or sit him? He is still a top 10 running back in the league and a must start every week. And if anything, this past week in London, even though we didn't put up a 20 point game was really encouraging for Jones usage because his running mate, AJ Dillon saw his worst usage of the season and his worst usage in basically a year and a half. Dylan played just 31% of the snaps, which is about half of what he's played on the year. And there's been no reported injury here. It led to just six carries and he saw zero targets for the first time this year on just three routes run. Now the inverse is true for a guy like Aaron Jones. If Dylan is seeing his worst usage, you would expect, and this is the case, that Aaron Jones is seeing his best usage. And that's what happened. Aaron Jones played a season high 74% of the snaps. He ended up running 18 routes, his second most routes run of the season. But the big thing is he did not put up a massive game. He just put up 10 fantasy points. So some people are worrying they're trying to trade him away they're considering benching him do not do either of those things because Aaron Jones since he's entered the league has been a top five running back in yards per touch in his career he's up there with the Nick Chubbs of the world the Avin Kamara's of the world and the same thing is true for this year Jones ranks third right now amongst all running backs in yards per touch he's averaging 6.5 yards per touch and now based off of last week he's seeing more snaps which means more touches are going to come and at this efficiency you're going to start to get those 20 plus point games especially when the Green Bay Packers have the third highest team total on the week at 26.25 points. It means they're going to score three or four touchdowns and it's likely Jones, the most used player on this team, is going to see at least one of those touchdowns in a positive matchup versus the Jets. So yes, Aaron Jones is a must start and he's also one of the players you should be trading for before week six. And if you want to see 10 other players that you should trade for before this week's game starts, fleece your friends in a lovely trade, well then check out this video right here. And be sure to have a lovely, lovely rest of your day.